This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. Well, hello there, everyone. My name is Ron Ecstasy, and this is Blue Men Group. Today, I'm joined by Blue Man, Devin Welsh. Thank you for having me. How are you, Dev? I'm doing very well. How are you, Ron? Uh, Devin. Sorry, Devin. Um, I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, our other co-hosts, John and Abby, are both at helicopter pilot lessons. They will be uh, both learning how to fly a helicopter to do reports from the air for future episodes which we are extremely excited about and uh also happy that uh yeah. we i just wanted to say we uh yeah. we do we we've been looking for an eye in the sky and exactly. uh, so we thought that'd be a good idea and then we realized that if you have one eye in the sky you don't get the depth perception mm-hmm. so we want two eyes in the sky and then we can see things uh in 3d exactly and uh i i was yeah, I'm glad you stopped me because I was about to say that uh, we won't be paying for that. Just b- based on legal fees and stuff that we have to take care of, uh, we are unable to pay for that. But very thankful for both Abby and John for learning how to fly a helicopter. That is very, uh, that's that's great. That's, that's something to be proud of. Um, but hey, let's get to some news, okay? Because yeah, this... Well, wait. Wait, wait, oh, because uh, w- because we haven't always had helicopters. Um, at earlier points in history, we didn't. Yeah. Right. And perhaps uh, we should revisit some history first to uh, get ah. our bearings and learn to appreciate okay, the helicopter. Well, let's do that for the first segment called This, this Week this in History. Nineteen seventy one. The hijacker known as DB Cooper parachutes from a Northwest Airlines seven twenty seven over Washington State with two hundred thousand dollars in ransom money. His fate remains unknown to this day. Whoa, DB yeah. Cooper. DB uh, Cooper. Don't know what his first or middle name are is, but uh he uh, so he brought a parachute with him, uh and then just jumped out mid-flight. Nobody else got sucked out of the plane or anything. Was anybody else I, on the plane? I don't I know think, anything about DB Cooper. I think he was on a passenger plane, and there was for some reason some cash on the plane. I don't really know the story, yeah. but he made off with the cash, and mm-hmm. then he jumped out of the airplane, and he was never seen again. It's a, an unsolved crime. Yeah, um, I think people are very uh, interested in this. It's come up a lot in pop culture. I feel like yes. I heard about D.B. Cooper from music uh, before yes. I heard about it anywhere else. Um, yeah, same here. I uh, found out about D.B. Cooper through a rock artist named uh, Bob Ritchie, who goes by the name Kid Rock. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he dropped db cooper in one of his lyrical poems uh, and as well mf doom a hip-hop artist uh, references mm. db cooper with yeah. a similar acronym we don't know what the mf stands for <laughs> it's, um, yeah mf cooper if you ask me so yeah hi he hijacked a boeing 727 aircraft that says between portland seattle on the afternoon of november 24th 1971 you have to imagine there was no uh, airport security at the time or very little. Uh, not that, well, I guess airport security would notice a parachute on you. But back in those days, you could just come onto the plane even with a parachute. They didn't, they, there yeah. was a no questions asked policy. You could bring yeah. anything yeah. onto that plane. They're probably happy you brought a parachute in some instances. Yeah. Think about the, if you can imagine how bad drinking and driving was in the 70s, just think about how bad drinking and flying was. Everybody was smoking cigarettes and the, up there, and some so hazy had, that you couldn't uh, even see sometimes out of the co- out of the cockpit. 
Yeah, so nobody really saw D.B. Cooper walk over to the door and then just crank it open and then fly out. It must have been amazing to see. Yeah, absolutely. So he, what happened was he, he, they, they landed the plane. He picked up the money. They flew off again, and then he jumped out of the plane after that. That's so crazy. I think maybe the passengers didn't all get a chance, but maybe some of them did because I'm sure they were taken as hostages. Yeah. But in, in any case, uh, we don't, we still don't know uh, where DB Cooper is, but uh, the mugshot is, uh, or the illustration is very dashing. Looks yeah, like a looks handsome great. fellow. Yeah. And um, I don't really know what else there is to say about it. Yeah, so his uh, he bought the air, airline ticket using the uh, alias Dan Cooper. Mm-hmm. But because of a news miscommunication, he became known in popular lore as D.B. Cooper. So somebody made a huge mistake, and now we, we've we stuck with that mistake for 50 years. This was uh, November 24th, 1971. Happy 50th year anniversary to us messing up Dan Cooper's name. So that was This Week in History. So thank you very much, Dan Cooper, for uh, your getaway, you know, inspiring. Uh, That's some air piracy that uh, I didn't know much about. And I still have many questions, but I refuse to know much more about it. So uh, let's move along. To my, my favorite, favorite segment, segment. What's what? in, what? in the, the news? news? Wow, I know what's in the news this week, Ron. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, please take it away. I'm not asking any questions. Yeah, I've got good. a story. A story what that comes from, um, well, actually, before I say the website, I'll say the mm-hmm. headline. Woman swallows AirPod instead of painkiller, records audio from stomach. Whoa. So we've got a okay. woman swallowing an AirPod, which mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with, it's uh, the wireless headphones that are associated with the iPhone. And um, so it, it is an Apple product. Yep. And um, the source is a, a website called appleinsider.com. Mm. Apple. Which when you think about it, it, is very appropriate for this story, as she had an Apple product inside her. Yes. A TikTok user has shared how she mistook one of her AirPods for ibuprofen and accidentally swallowed it, what? saying on TikTok that she was sharing this information, quote, for educational purposes. The Boston-based user named I am Carly B explained that she had the pill in one hand. I was crawling into bed, she says, in her TikTok video. I had ibuprofen 800 in my right hand, and I had my left AirPod in my left hand. Hmm. Why it wasn't in her ear, I don't really yeah. know. It's not going to do her any good in her hand. Um, I, 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 like, threw something back, took my water bottle, and took a sip, then realized it wasn't the ibuprofen. She said, I tried puking it up, and it <laughs> won't come out. So this okay. is what, yeah, just imagine the scene, listener. She's at home. She's alone. She swallows her wireless headset, mm-hmm. and uh, she tries to puke it up, but to no avail. Which is connected to Bluetooth, it seems. If mm-hmm. we're going to find out, I think, that uh, she was recording it, so that we have to assume that the connection, the wireless connection was made. Yeah, exactly. And this is a, a kind of a testament to the quality of the yes. Apple product mm-hmm. that uh, and the she power was using. of yep, Bluetooth. An yeah. Apple invention. Apple invented Bluetooth, I believe. So the story goes on. It did come out through the normal course of events. Uh, uh, so sheesh. I am Carly B. Defecated out the Apple product. Mm. Uh, although she says that she had an X-ray to confirm it, and also that she won't be trying to use that AirPod again. That's a shame. I don't believe her when she says that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's she kind of has to say that to save face. Gonna, but we know she's going to yeah. put it in her ear. She's going to eat it again, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won't be trying it again. Yeah. <laughs> separately, she has also revealed in a separate video, so mm. separately in a separate video that she sw- mm-hmm. that the swallowed AirPod was still connected to there her iPhone while she was making a call. <laughs> Consequently, a voice memo she sent a friend included gurgling sounds recorded <laughs> in her stomach. 
Oh no. I, I do think that's very funny though. So, uh, she is connected. She's on her Apple device. I want to know what her pain was. Why was she taking these? Uh, when it, when she first said uh, ibuprofen eight hundred, I thought she was going to take eight hundred of them, and that yeah. only, that's that's or not. Even, but even so, good. ibuprofen eight hundred sounds pretty strong. It sounds that's almost what I mean. like a kind of uh, morphine type. Who's of she product. on the phone with? Is she on the phone with a doctor? Is she on the yeah. phone with a nurse practitioner? Who? who does she have pre-existing would, medical conditions that mm-hmm. uh, make her more vulnerable to something such as a swallowed AirPod? Mm-hmm. Is it mental pain, physical pain? It seems to be some sort of pain that she's in. Yeah, which would cause some sort, you know, the stress of of the the pain is yeah. clouding her ability to make uh, the right choice or the right, you know, a distinction. Perhaps she suffers say. from a kind of ennui that uh, has to do with our modern society and just kind of the hmm. state of the world in general. Hmm. Perhaps she feels crushed existentially by uh, wow. global events and her uh, the powerlessness that she feels. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's... Uh that's that's something and i mean like uh these apple products i mean they we know they're 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 good i wouldn't need yeah. them though i wouldn't we know they work <laughs> yeah. um and just to finish the story off uh, uh apple insider says it's not the first time that an airpod has been swallowed a massachusetts man managed to swallow one in his sleep and a seven-year-old from georgia was to be taken to an emergency room after eating one hmm. um it was an emergency. I wonder why. Now, when you said Apple Insider earlier, was mm-hmm. that kind of a uh, like a joke on the fact that an Apple product is inside her? That's right. Oh, I just got it. Okay, that's awesome. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, that's it's great. a it's a wonderfully ironic uh, confluence yeah. of events. That is, I like that. Um, so, we got some comments on this Apple Insider. Uh, article um, we've got people saying uh, Jeebus because of this dumbass now Apple is going to have to add AirPods are not edible do not consume them to every box that's pretty that's some insight that I you know kind of hard hitting uh, although does this story not prove the opposite that AirPods are in fact edible and mm-hmm. that one could feasibly consume them yeah, how did they refer to it? Uh, it came out. Uh, the, it came out through the normal course of events. Yeah, exactly. There's only normal normalcy in this story. Yeah, exactly. Everything worked out just fine. <laughs> yeah, I okay. That's fine. Uh, listeners, you you let us know. Do you think at eating your Apple your AirPods, yay or nay? Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be looking forward to your response. Uh, Please write us a letter about that to Blue Men Group, P.O. Box 21249, Detroit, Michigan 48221. All right, Ron. So do you have a story coming across your desk? I do. And uh, I'm over here at the music desk. Uh, We got some tunes cranking, and they are coming from one of my favorite artists from Quebec, Canada. Uh, I believe she's from Rapontigny, Quebec, Mm -hmm. in uh, in Canada. Celine Dion. Uh, We got a headline here out of the United Kingdom, one of our favorite places to uh, joke around about British man changes name to Celine Dion after getting drunk in lockdown super fan from Staffordshire says he's not in a huge rush to change it back huge rush to change it back (laughs) is what I meant to say wow so So we've got a big time name change story here (laughs) This is a big-time name change. So a British man, formerly known as Thomas Dodd, has reportedly changed his name to Celine Dion. And it's all coming back to him now as to how it happened. 
Interesting. So potentially he suffered from a bout of periodic amnesia. Yeah, or and he's or now recovered. Long COVID, per, perhaps yeah. is that? Could that but be he, okay? But he forgot for a significant period of time <laughs> how he did come to change his name to Celine Dion. Yeah, but thankfully for this story, he has now remembered. I know. So that that is that is a big question that I have about this. So uh, Dodd. Uh, Todd Dodd, no, uh, Thomas Dodd, told Birmingham Live that he had a few too many alcoholic beverages while watching a recording of a Dion concert and filed to change his name as a result. I'm slightly obsessed with her. I'm not going to lie, he said of the Quebec superstar singer. During lockdown, I've been watching a lot of live concerts on the TV. I I can only think I've been watching one of hers and had a great idea after a few drinks. So it so, sounds like he's still kind of unsure about how it even happened. It sounds highly unsure because they just, I've read that headline about six times now, it feels like. They just keep yeah. repeating that he's drunk and changed his name. <laughs> We're getting no answers. Here we so go. I think, Maybe. I think from here on out, we should refer to him by his legal name, which is Celine Dion. Yes. I think that that would be. Excuse me. Respectful. Yeah, the only thing we could do. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the 30-year-old hospitality worker lives in Tamworth, Staffordshire, and saw Celine Celine live in Birmingham in 2019. Dodd says he received the official paperwork in the mail a few days after Christmas and apparently paid 89 pounds for the change, as well as multiple copies of the letter proving it's real. Or okay. Celine. Celine, yeah. Yeah, Celine, sorry. Uh, Celine legally changed his name by deed poll and can, I don't, that sounds dirty. <laughs> that yeah, sounds like that a dirty British thing. Yeah, something, yeah, deed something, uh, something ancient and uh, mysterious. Yeah. And, okay, so he changed his name by deed poll and can be, and can be used. <laughs> That's good. Thank you very much, HuffingtonPost.co.uk. Big gr- grammatical error we just tripped across. Uh, <laughs> the new moniker on a passport, driving license, or other official documents. The new Celine Dion says he's not planning on changing it back right away. I'll figure it out. I'm not rushing to change it back. That's for sure. He told Birmingham Live. This article hmm. is. So, yeah, he's he's he, he's taken the name of Celine Dion. He's not in a rush to change it back. That's for sure. And he's pretty sure he knows how he changed it, which was that he got drunk. Yeah. Like once, one time he got drunk. It's very suspect. Uh, So Celine Dion went on to say, I tried singing Celine in the shower this morning, and I can assure everyone I haven't inherited her voice or bank account. Okay. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. A representative that, okay. In a way, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe this was he, Todd or Dodd, mm-hmm. Thomas Todd Dodd, mm-hmm. changed his name to Celine Dion to get into Celine Dion's bank account mm-hmm. and to sign legal documents with the name Celine Dion. Yeah, and maybe he uh, he would end up getting her her like royalty checks by chance or something by like that up. by yeah, accident. Just- Wait, just wait for a mix-up and try yep. to just confuse people as much as possible. Yep. And legally, he can because he's Celine Dion. And yeah. then uh, he tells us, you know, without, he, he, what, what do they say? He, uh, he, he said it didn't show or something. I think it's the other way around. But uh, he's like, yeah, I, I, I don't have her bank account. It's like, okay, nobody thought yeah. you did. Nobody brought up the bank account until you just said it. Celine. Yeah. Um, Mr. Dion, uh, what are you actually doing here? So we don't a, rep- know. a representative for Celine herself did not respond to HuffPost Canada's request. No, <laughs> if I if I got an email from HuffPost Canada, I would like immediately delete it. Yeah, so you, you think that it's spam or that it's like a, a trick of some kind? <laughs> it's like a phishing email. I know. She'll click on yeah. the link, and then someone will steal her bank account information. I know. Seriously, like uh, Celine Dion her, herself 
is receiving a, an email from HuffPost Canada saying, somebody has the same name as you. <laughs> what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, it's really scary. I, uh, I'm glad she didn't answer. Yeah, so uh, she did not respond. And uh, the editorializing here of HuffPost Canada says, but we can assume she'll accept the tribute because that's the way it is. And that's Which, the way it is. But when taken as an argument, it's, uh, you know, kind of, you know, not pretty weak. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty weak. Because that's the way it is. Well, things can be different. Um, well, I think they just wanted to use. Oh, and, and, okay. So the, in the article, uh, they, they included a, um, uh, <laughs> seem to have lost the uh, article here. Oh, sorry. Okay, so they included a tweet mm-hmm. that when you click on it, Thomas Dodd one on Twitter, the tweet is from a suspended account. So wow, it so, seems as though maybe Celine's camp, the uh, Las Vegas singer Celine Dion's camp, uh, caught wind of this and shut Celine Dion uh, in the UK absolutely. down. So we That's have an update, an official update, uh, mm-hmm. investigative reporting here yeah. that Thomas Dodd's uh, tribute was not accepted by Celine Dion and he will be punished accordingly. Yes. And that's what we like to see, a little law and order uh, <laughs> mid-episode. We like to, <laughs> you know, we'll ease up and uh, be more humanitarian at the end uh, of this episode. But right now we're looking for swift justice against Celine Dion impersonators. You know what? I think we should set that aside for now and maybe focus on sportsmanship. And Absolutely. Give you a little uh, insight here into an event that we have been asked to cover for uh, the, our, our podcast. But we yeah. were asked by the World Table Tennis Championship to come on down to Houston, Texas for the 2021 World Table Tennis Championship. Now, Dev, do you have your bags packed? Are you ready to go? Oh, I'm ready. Yeah. I mean, I've been very excited about this for quite a long time. And, you know, this is something that we know a lot about. I mean, I don't want to brag, but table tennis is something that we we focus on quite a bit. Not on the show as of uh, until now, but something in our private lives. Yeah, exactly. And uh, this is something that we are learning more and more about. And we are very happy to go down to Houston, Texas on at the behest of our partners at the China Global Television Network. Uh, that Absolutely. is the Chinese Communist Party uh, state-owned media organization. We love the People's Republic of China, and we're excited to be working with the, with them with the party in some capacity. With them, thank you, thank you, every thank you. We are happy to be here with you. So uh, let's go to one of our partners over there who has a little report from where we're going to be uh, emceeing live courtside or table side table service. We're going to be getting ta- uh, <laughs> bottle service at your table. Uh, at the World Ping Pong, ta- t- excuse me, Table Tennis Championship. Now, uh, take it away, uh, partner. Welcome to Houston. And there's a saying here, everything is bigger in Texas. Except. And right now, Texas is king when it comes to table tennis. For the first time ever, the United States is hosting the World Championships. Players from some 90 nations are getting their introduction into life deep in the heart of Texas. So when they think about Texas, one of the first things they think about is Texas barbecue. It's a red state and well known for its red meat. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So everything is bigger in Texas until it isn't. And then it's smaller, which table tennis is much smaller than regular tennis. Regular tennis, tennis. exactly. It's as though you're uh, a giant. Yeah. And you're standing outside of the tennis court yeah. and just hit, hitting the ball down onto the tennis court, but you're you're like 60 feet tall. Yeah. Uh, 
It's yeah. as if you're a you're a stone giant whose bottom half is uh, sort of buried in the earth. Yeah. And you, uh, yeah, smack the ball back and forth. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, it, we are excited to try some of the barbecue. That is one mm-hmm. thing that we are pro- probably going to have to eat with uh, the Chinese global television network people. Yeah. And that's a, yeah. We're going to have a dinner this evening with the executives, uh, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, so let's go back to uh, Sean. Sean, uh, this is Sean Kalebs from China uh, Global Television Network. He's going to fill you in on a little bit more here of our trip where we will be at the World Table Tennis Championships. All right, right behind you guys, right behind you guys, right behind. So we're getting a little peek into go, the, the cutting uh, block. Into a place where meat is cooked, meat is prepared and sold. J.C. Reed has been helping with the opening of J. Bar M. Barbecue. He has a meat lover's dream job. Reporting. So, so far, we're just not getting any uh, table tennis coverage here. We're just getting meat, the meat situation in Texas. Yeah, lots of focus on, on Houston and on how much they love meat. Not meat. so much on the sport that we love so much. Yeah, and sportsmanship, too on barbecue for a Houston newspaper. Reed says Houston is a blue-collar town, but it's also home to the U.S. Space Agency and a key cog in the oil and gas industry. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a blue-collar town, but it's also the home of NASA and also uh, the centerpiece of, yeah, the American oil industry. Yeah, so um, just pay It's just like your tiny little hometown. Meaning, international guests are quite often the norm, and welcomed here with open arms. Um. <laughs> yeah, let's get into. In the world, people burn fires in their fireplace, or they cook food with fire. And as soon as they smell that smoke, their mouth starts watering a little bit. So this guy is sitting at a table with some smoked meat and some glasses of beer. Yeah, three or four beers on the uh, table. iPhone on the table. Uh, lots of meat. And uh, they're talking meat. Yeah, nothing about table tennis. But maybe they'll get to it. I have a feeling they're going to. Ping pong diplomacy. Hey, there we go. Ping pong diplomacy, they're calling it these days. We love it. Down barriers and open doors 50 years ago. And today, Houston is playing the proud host. It seems like a good way to get people in a friendly, competitive environment, yeah. face-to-face, again, like oh, yeah. in the same room. That's 90% of what you have to do. Is- now, okay, so uh, our, our correspondent here talked to this guy about meat for like a half hour, and now yeah. he's nice. asking about table tennis, but I don't know what his authority is because I'd rather his opinion on meat, to be honest, than Table yeah, tennis. He, he seems to be explaining that 90% of sports is just having people together in a room, which I don't disagree with. Right. I mean, it's a good point. Get people in the same room talking to each other. And there's more than food welcoming the international athletes. Most people's image of Texas is everybody here rides a horse and everybody here has, you know, a thousand acres. True. That's what uh, I both thought, the, yeah. The, both of those things are absolutely true. It's a huge state. Everybody has a thousand acres and a horse. Yeah. Not really. Oh. But a load of oh. Texans wear cowboy hats, Texas-sized belt buckles, okay. and, of course, boots. <laughs> okay. Many foreign visitors want that cowboy look. And Dave Culbertson of Cavender's Boots and Western Wear is only too eager to help. So, again, we're hearing from a non-expert on the sport of table tennis. <laughs> There's nothing about table tennis. Okay, let's hear, well, let's the hear him boot out. expert. Yeah. So, right now we're looking at a man in a cowboy hat. He is standing in front of, I would say, probably about 400 pairs of boots. The biggest wall of cowboy boots I've ever seen. Uh, I would yeah. say a wailing wall of boots. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, it, it, it requires, like, seeing a wall like that just kind of requires you to take a moment and pay your respects to boots that have walked before you. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's let's revisit and join him again to tell us what's so great about Texas. So any table tennis stars who may want to duck out and shed the stretchy warm-ups for the iconic Texas look 
Be friendly, try to you know, make them comfortable. You know, that's, that's one thing I tell people all the time in the store is, is make yourself at home. You know, this is home. No one expects the kind of tectonic then events maybe, that came with ping pong. Yeah. Maybe talk to them a little about table tennis. That might make them feel comfortable since that's why they're that's, there. Yeah. They, but also, this this is a, a shoe store for all intents and purposes. That's a lot. My, there's nothing about my house that is like a shoe store except maybe a few pairs of shoes. Yeah, uh, and also, aren't they probably have their shoes sorted out already. I mean... It probably takes a special kind of sneaker to really uh, be the mm -hmm. best at table tennis. And I yep. don't think wearing a pair of cowboy boots no. during the match would uh, lead to many victories. No. And uh, I, again, to, just to, to go back to that, it's he, I'm honored that he's saying that his store is like a home and you can make yourself a home. But I don't think I'm going to be sleeping over at your boot shop, sir. Yeah. I'll, Where's I'll the say. bed? Where's the kitchen? Yeah, let me in diplomacy a half century ago but many Texans like the idea of fostering people-to-people -people relations. The ping-pong tournament is the best example of how to get people together in a friendly atmosphere. And who knows what can happen when a blistering forehand meets Texas down-home hospitality. Sean Caleb, CGTN. Is he implying Houston. that somebody's going to get slapped across the face? I was... I'm not sure. But anyway, that the, 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 the meat guy was trying to make the table tennis tournament about something broader, getting people together, ha having yeah. them have a good time. But to us, it's about the table tennis. It's mm -hmm. not about all that other stuff. That's, that's very, very true. And uh, some of the uh, sports books in the area, if you're unfamiliar with that, it's a uh, gambling center for uh, sports, have uh, seen some recent visitors... Um, and people are taking their hard-earned cash to put down on the World Table Tennis Championships. And I'm doing that, personally. I We're believe. putting a lot of money down, actually. Yeah, I believe all of us are. Um, all right. So, just first off, the World Table Tennis Championships start on the 23rd. They end on the 29th. Yeah. I have a little inside tip I would like to share. And I Absolutely. encourage you to put your money down. Uh, on Jeremy Hazen from Jeremy Canada. Jeremy Hazen. Jeremy Hazen. He's representing Canada and more broadly Pan Am, the continent uh, yep. listed. And he's under the category of men's singles. So this is single men, no girlfriends, Sing no partners. Yep. They live alone. They mm -hmm. practice table tennis day and night. They're committed to it. This is kind of like the the monastic order of uh, within table tennis. Yes. These people are committed to it. They do not have romantic relationships. Exactly. So put your money on uh, Jeremy Hazen. These are celibate players, men singles. You should look into this, look him up, send him messages, tell him Devin and Ron sent you because we have him as our player. Yeah. We're putting everything down on Jeremy Hazen. We've got a really good feeling about it. Um, and we're hoping for the best. And if you send him a message before the tournament, do not send anything sexual because he has been alone him, for a very long yes, time. Let him focus. Let him focus on the ball. Yeah. Uh, and in, in the Houston. women's singles category, which, uh, as you might expect, they are also celibate. They are also committed to the sport. Local singles. And uh, in that case, we are going with a candidate, Sabina Winter from yes. uh, Deutschland. Yep. And uh, we think she's going to do very, very well. And if she does do very well, then we are going to do very well. Yes, exactly. Sabina Vinter, uh, we are, it's all riding on you uh, in a way um, in terms of our money. Uh, we wish you the best. We know that you are doing your best. Uh, thank you so much, Sean Caleb's Caleb's or something from uh, CGTN America, the Chinese global television network, uh, proud partnership that we've uh, solidified with them. And thank you so much for all that money, which we are now putting into betting on the world table tennis championships in Houston, Texas from the 23rd to 29th of November, 2021.
All right, so uh, we have just like a little update that I would like to uh, share. Devin and I were uh, kind of hashing this out beforehand um, in our uh, uh, pre-meeting about we some. Yeah, we spoke with the legal team and exactly. we wanted to. We got the language exactly right, so yes. we just needed to deliver this. This is legally binding and it's obligatory, but uh, it shouldn't take long. So frequent listeners of the show may recall the uh, Blue Man Cruise that happened, gosh, I don't even know, a month ago? I don't even want to remember how yeah, long ago it was. But. I think it was like a year or six months. I don't know. Whatever. It was a cruise that we took that had a few issues. Uh, uh, there was a lot of people that didn't make it uh, back to the port with us. And we listen... Some, we yeah. we had a great time. There was so much. Fun. I loved it. Like we had a great of, time. Yeah, yeah. Outside of we like had, all the, but oh. something went wrong. We know that something went wrong. We're not yeah. perfect. We can admit our mistakes. And uh, but we didn't. We were trying to figure out what what happened. Basically, that's what we wanted to know. That's what the 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 you know the law wants yeah. to know as well. So uh, we've been you know we we briefly mention it here and there, just saying like, hey, we can't talk about this for legal reasons and that kind of stuff. As I said, we met with our legal team before the show, and we got the legalese that we can uh, you know use. Uh, there was an amicus brief uh, submitted last mm-hmm. week that was accepted by the judge. It was clear on the docket. They took it down. Uh, a jury of 17 people went over our uh, case, mm-hmm. and now we kind of can tell you a little bit more. Uh, listen, the, the the vessel that we were on sunk uh, because of bauxite liquefaction. Can I, maybe I'll just read this prepared statement that we've got here. Please, please, please. Um, so our bulk carrier, that's tech, the technical language, uh, yeah. that's the, the cruise ship, um, it's technically called a bulk carrier, was in port to load raw unwashed bauxite. That's again, another legal distinction. Mm-hmm. Our, we were carrying bauxite, we took it on for some extra money to make the cruise uh, work a little better. and. Uh, it was raw, it was unwashed. Uh, over the course of 13 days, uh, loading took place intermittently. This was before the cruise began, due to heavy rains on some days. We were struggling with bad weather, during which loading had to be stopped and the holds closed. The cargo declaration form supplied by the shipper indicated 10% moisture content for the bauxite. Because of the heavy rains, the master, um, who yeah. we can't name for legal reasons, but who, uh, employee had some concern over the moisture content, but he did not carry out any tests on board or ask for independent tests. And um, once, uh, basically, how do I how do I say this? How do I skip to the uh, to the to the conclusion here? Well, I, something I mean, went wrong with the bauxite. I'll yeah. put it that way. <laughs> okay, l- l- listen. There, you may not know this, and I'm not trying to use demeaning language. But you don't know this, uh, podcast listener, what it's like to run a podcast. Um, it's expensive. Uh, you have to, there's a lot of, a lot of numbers you have to crunch. Okay. And when somebody emails you from China, not from HuffPo, HuffPo, Canada, you Mm -hmm. answer those emails. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when you make partnerships with new media ventures, okay. Mm-hmm. You take their money and you do what you have to do. We had to get that bauxite from point A to point B, and we created a little bit of a cruise to bring our listeners on because we love them so much. Okay, so maybe, what, 46 or so people died on the cruise. <laughs> I mean... But so, yeah, we don't need to talk about that right now, but this is just a legal disclosure about the bauxite. Uh, The moisture content from the bauxite got too high because of the weather, yada, yada. It was not transportable, legally speaking. um, We we tried, somebody tried to dump it. I don't know who. um, I'm John. In the course of that, some water did uh, enter the the vessel and, uh, well, you know. I know. Okay, so just like we had that in in that meeting i have to say all this like legal stuff uh from the records of inspections the class attendance the vessel appeared structurally sound and seaworthy 
Because the vessel did not commission an independent inspection of the cargo, the bauxite was loaded without its, without its physical properties and moisture content being verified against the parameters of the IMSBC code, schedule, or the cargo declaration form. It is most probable that either liquefaction on a free surface effect induced an unrecoverable list. Remember I mentioned that like the we didn't know like exactly how many people were there because we didn't have the list? Yeah, yeah. Unrecoverable list. That's the, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. One of the recommendations of the official report is to propose the International Maritime Organization initiate review of IMSBC Appendix 1 schedule for bauxite and its associated group C rating and composition so good okay we had to say that yep um, thank you thank you for listening and uh, thank you thanks thank you all right that was a quick technical and legal update about the blue men cruise yes technical and legal update uh required by a few judges who i'd rather not uh you know say terrible things about on this podcast because our lives are in their hands okay so let's move along to a new segment called the emergency, the emergency airlift, airlift of, of the, the week. week. This is an interesting, or it's going to be an interesting story because uh, emergency airlifts are yeah. becoming more and more the new normal, I think, in yeah. this world. You're going to see a lot of these. It started slow. Uh, as we know, flight was invented uh, at a certain point in the 20th century by the mm-hmm. Wright brothers. Lovers. Lovers. And since then, airlift uh, airlifts have picked up slowly. Uh, initially, only a few, and then more and more. And now in 2020, 2021, everywhere. they're everywhere. Yeah. So we got a headline here. Supply, excuse me, supply chain crisis. Beanie Babies airlifted from Chinese factories to Chicago amid holiday crunch. Crunch. Wow. Yeah, so supply chain constraints won't keep Beanie Babies from reaching American homes this holiday season. Whew. I know. I didn't know people are still into them. It was like uh, I, yeah. 30 years ago people were into them. I know, but they're, it's apparently, you know, the economy is depending on this shipment of Beanie Babies at yeah. this point. They have to be airlifted. It's an emergency. So Chicago billionaire Ty Warner, who manufactures Beanie Babies in China, said he has booked more than 150 cargo flights from Shenzhen, Guangzhou, Shanghai, and Hong Kong since October to airlift the toys it's an interesting definition of toy, and I know we've talked about that on previous episodes. Sand yeah. is the ultimate toy, so I guess we don't know be- why he's not in the sand business. But <laughs> anyway, that's another yeah. story. So airlift the toys more than six thousand miles to Chicago, according to a press release, circumventing backlog ports and other supply chain issues. So uh we've got a quote here from warner warner yeah. uh says christmas is not canceled <laughs> one of the only warner, things that's not canceled these days who launched the private company Thai inc out of his home in 1986 so nobody was saying christmas is canceled until he just brought it up just mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. um so put that out of your minds for now um, it says after the Beanie Babies land at Chicago O'Hare Airport, the stuffed animals will be sent to Thai Inc.'s warehouse in suburban Chicago to be distributed to retailers across America. Each cargo flight can cost up to $1.5 to $2 million, according to the company. Despite the additional cost, Thai hasn't raised prices on its products. Wow. What a generous uh, businessman. So, wait. Is that not going to cost him... Three hundred million dollars. I think the implication here is that uh, Ty Warner is going heavily into debt just to make sure Christmas happens on schedule. That the Beanie Babies are distributed throughout America in time for Christmas morning. Yeah, and for that he seems like he's going to be eating a lot of cost. <laughs> I, to be honest, I think he's full of beans. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I've been sitting on that for like a minute. Okay, so uh, he's he, I he, I think he has like a weird thing with the Beanie Babies. He he's like I have to get them out of there. Like yeah, 
it's like some sort of Operation Solomon, uh, you may yeah, recall. Yeah, exactly. A, uh, Another famous historical airlift, airlift. that t- did take place. Yeah, now look that way. Okay, so now we're, we're dealing with beanie babies uh, who need to be rescued from China. Is this not maybe some sort of... Because it's a press release coming from Tai himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this not just kind of a... Uh, a you scream for help this man this man's airlifting beanie babies yeah i wonder what this is this part of the uh, part of the the new cold war between the united states and china is this is this an escalation or a de-escalation i don't really know <laughs> yeah, me either <clears throat> so uh listen it's been an unusual year for holiday shopping according to a november 3rd note by oxford economics's mahir rashid supply side headwinds will undoubtedly make it an unusual year for holiday shopping. And that that it will. Yeah. Uh, a note by Mahir Rashid, so something he left maybe on the refrigerator <laughs> yeah. at the uh, at the uh, the apartment. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it just says it's going to be an unusual year holiday shopping here. Uh, and though American consumers across the country may be frustrated with out-of-stock items and higher prices on goods from grocery stores to diapers, inflation and shortages haven't dampened the overall desire to spend this holiday season favorable spending fundamentals which i Mm -hmm. always talk about uh, among (laughs) u.s consumers and a desire to make up for last year's socially distanced holidays should add up to the strongest holiday spending season since 1999 and we know what happened right after that yeah that the, was Y2K. The, um, the, the stock market crashed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, but, you know, um, anyway, yeah. So, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. The <laughs> stock market crashed right after the strongest holiday season. Um, and now we're coming before, right back up on that. To be honest. Okay. So, people want to make up for the socially distanced holidays by buying their loved ones beanie babies. Beanie baby. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we're, the, it's psychotic behavior. So, the note added so, this is a long note that uh, Mahir Rashid has left on the fridge. He yeah, says, When I woke up this morning at like 11 30 a.m., I went out to the <laughs> kitchen to make some breakfast early like a lunch type of thing and i saw the note so yeah and it's in giant capital letters it just said an unusual year for holiday shopping but then it went on to say uh the container shortages and backlogs that have caused shipping rates from china to the west coast to surge by 339 percent year over year to more than a seventeen thousand dollars per container that's right. Yeah, the shipping shipping costs are going way way up. Yeah. So and, um, so sometimes you need to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I don't know if Beanie Babies come in boxes, but I hope they do. I would. Uh, and you you know Ty Warner is concerned about how how they're doing, and like what, absolutely. Oh, are they all in first class? Are they all like? Are they okay? Oh, uh, okay. So many firms, such as mattress maker Temper Sealy are backlogged in terms of orders amid the supply chain disruptions and have had to turn away orders and raise prices to keep up. Now listen to this. Swedish furniture chain IKEA also signaled that it would be raising prices after a drop in full-year profits due to the backlogs. So nothing to do with Beanie Babies here. Um, And so uh, the next paragraph goes on to suggest that the emergency airlifting of Beanie Babies and other necessary products will continue. Since businesses expect the delays to persist for a while, an Oxford Economics survey of 148 businesses recently found that only one in five businesses affected by the supply chain disruptions believe that the worst of the crisis is over. 64% said they expect the crisis to end in mid-2022. So wow. a little bit of uh, a little bit of Nostradamus, a little bit of predicting the future going on here. Yep. We, we, we enjoy that. Yep. So Warner's efforts highlight how the holiday season has triggered a race among retailers to fulfill consumer demand during the holiday season. The widely reported problems with global supply chains have cast a pall over the coming Christmas, Warner stated. There's too much doom and gloom out there. Absolutely. You know, Christmas uh, Christmas without the uh, the Beanie Babies from China, just 
isn't Christmas. I mean, we can yeah. celebrate the birth of Jesus, but without the Beanie Baby, yeah, what is it really? Be I I would much rather a Beanie Baby than Baby Jesus on Christmas. So that's my that's my uh, two cents or five cents. <laughs> I, whatever. I don't inflation. I don't. I can't even get it. Supply chain. Whatever. So that everybody is the emergency airlift of the week. All right, everybody, as we close out this beautiful episode of Blue Man Group, right here with my good friend, Devin. Yeah, it's been a great episode. It has. I've had a great time. Now we're going to take a look at our listener numbers dashboard in a segment I like to call Last week's numbers. And here we go. All right. Hey, things are looking good. Things Uh, are looking good. We're 29% up over the past 14 days. Uh, Yeah. We've got a good amount of... uh, We had last week, episode 54, Millionaire Dog Swearing Parrots and Naked Airport Security. I'm just... Now the titles are just everything that happens that's all I'm yeah no it's a good it's a good it's a good intro yeah and uh that had 71 first week listens we can get that one up we can get that yeah up. we yeah we can get that one up that, that's a little low but i think what we're seeing here is a little bit of uh uh like a, a fatter tail to the uh to the listens because it's toilet week has rocketed up to 114 first yeah. month listens exactly so it's all catching up, and and Devin just called our listeners fat-tailed. I think. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> so we can uh, chase that one around. Uh, I'm trying to. Okay, so let's let's. Th- these are good numbers. I like the I like these numbers. Everybody's doing their job sharing that podcast. Thank you so much, Devin. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for being with me. Oh, that's so great. I love that. I love that kind of turn of phrase. And uh, John, Abby, up there in the sky, eyes in the sky, good luck with your reports. Uh, Please don't file an invoice because we will not be able to get that to you because we put a lot of money on the World Ping Pong Championships from the November 23rd to 29th in Houston, Texas. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. We'll be in your ears next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.